You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Good morning. Happy Sunday. We are so blessed by our worship team that know how to get into the presence of God so quickly. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes I visit other churches and it takes them a while to get into the flow. And we have such a unified team here that really knows how to flow with the Holy Spirit. And I'm so thankful for that. So thankful that Pastor Mike and Pastor Maddie and Pastor Daryl, Trisha, they get to have some time to be with their family. And I am just honored that I have the opportunity that God would even use me to speak what he wants to say today. Amen. But I do have a couple of announcements to make before I get started. We have Sunday Fun Day next Sunday. Everybody say Sunday Fun Day. (laughs) It's actually my first Sunday Fun Day. So I am, if you're new to our church, well, welcome. This is a family event for the whole family. We have free food. We have four inflatables. The kids are going to have an amazing time. So bring a towel and clothes they can get wet in. And maybe you want to hop in there too. You can bring some clothes to get wet with too. And then we are also going to have a snow cone truck come. So that is actually going to be a couple of dollars. So if you want to participate in that, bring some extra dollars for you. But that is just a time to spend with our family. We are building family here at the Father's House, and we are excited to just have a time together. Also, women, are you in the house today? Woo! We have a ladies' night coming up next Friday. We wanted to do something where all the women could get together, and we are going to have a game night next Friday night at 7 o'clock. It's going to be in the fellowship hall, and if you want to bring an appetizer or dessert, it'll just be a great time to fellowship with other women. We will not have child care, so if you have a husband or if you have someone and you have kids, try to get them child care ahead of time. We've known about it for a few weeks, so just try to be intentional to come and be around other women and just be encouraged. Also, another last announcement that we want you to know about is that our children's ministry, we have some kids that are going to be transitioning for the fall. So if you have a kindergarten student, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time with my... uh, document here really quick. If you have a kindergarten student, um, they are going to be transitioning slowly up to children's ministry the whole month of August. So you'll still check them into the nursery area, but Sarah Cisneros is over our toddler room, and she is going to be taking them slowly into kids' ministry and bringing him back every Sunday so they'll get acclimated to our kids' ministry and move up so there won't be any fear or anything associated with that, and we do a good job of transitioning those kids up. Also, if you have a fifth grader moving up to sixth grade, anybody have a sixth grader coming up? There we go. We got lots of hands. We are going to have a special event on August 10th. It's the first Wednesday that your fifth grader can participate with our youth on Wednesday nights at 630. It's going to be called Water War Day. They don't want to miss it. It's going to be really fun. But we are going to transition them, and they can also stay in kids' 
ministry for this whole year on Sunday mornings, but then also participate in the youth because we know that that is just a challenging age. They're going through a lot of transitions and we want to better um, give them a, a good transition into that middle school. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have not been with us your first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we have been talking about a topic, know your enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, know your enemy. Thank you for being patient with me. My, my iPad keeps freezing, probably because I have an old version. Um, Know your enemy. Pastor Mike has been talking about knowing our enemy, and I believe the reason why we've been talking about knowing our enemy is so that we will become more knowledgeable of the schemes of the evil one to be able to walk in the freedom that God has for us. And if we are not aware of what who we are in Christ and what the enemy tries to do, then we will not be able to stand against him if we are not knowledgeable of his schemes. Amen. And Pastor Mike uh, spoke about isolation. He spoke about bitterness. He spoke about busyness. And last week, he spoke about unforgiveness. And this week, what I want to speak about is I feel like it starts at a very young age. It's the topic of fear. The enemy wants us to be fearful of all of these things so that he can have a hold on our life for God's plan and purposes to prevail. What he tries to do is trap us in the area of fear. He really does. It says in 2 Corinthians 2.11 in the New Living Translation, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but God has come that we may have life and have it to the full. It also says in James 4.7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we see in these three scriptures that the devil, all he wants is to take you out. And for us to be better equipped to let him know who's the boss and who's in charge, we've got to get the word of God in our hearts and on our lips and begin to activate what is ours truly so that the devil knows that this girl right here, she is not worth messing with. Man. This girl right here is not going to take what the enemy, I'm going to turn it around for good. I'm going to return it back to the sender. And today what I want to give you are some scriptures that will encourage you. Maybe you walked in here with fear of the unknown. Maybe you walked in here with fear of COVID because it's a real thing. And fear is a real emotion that we feel, but it is an emotion that we do not let attach itself to us so that we operate from that place. Yes, I can be afraid of something. Absolutely. And it starts when our kids are little. Have you ever had kids that are afraid of the dark? My little girl, sometimes she's always like, mommy, close my closets. I'm scared. The enemy wants to trap us at a very young age of being afraid of the dark, afraid of what's going to happen, afraid to climb up that tree. I might fall down. God is saying, let's live a life of adventure. 
Let's take a risk. Let's trust me so that I will take you on place, take you places you've never been to before. Why are we allowing the enemy to have access to our hearts with the area of fear? Fear of being alone, fear of messing up, fear of not being good enough, fear of what your kids are going to find out in public school, fear of what I'm not going to teach them in homeschool, fear of what's happening in social media, fear of changing a job, fear of being obedient to what God is saying because I don't know what it looks like on the other side of it. And today I'm saying, can we face fear and return it back to the sender? I'm not going to hang on to it. I'm going to return it back to the enemy because I know that his plan is to take me out. But I know God's plan is higher. His way is higher. And he has so much better for me. So what fear did you walk in here with today? It can be something so small. It can be something so big. And I want you to write it down. If you have a notebook, I want you to write it down. I'm going to give you a second. I want you to think about it. What is it that I'm afraid of? What is it that's been holding me back from doing something that I know I'm really going to have to rely on God for? You know, as soon as fear comes in and then we allow it to stay there, we're automatically defeated. Think about our kids. If you were taking your kids on a hike or you were going on a hike with some friends and you knew that it was going to be territory that was a lot of caution, you'd already know the best route to take. You'd already know like which ways you need to, what hills you need to climb over, what mountain peaks you need to go through. You already know that there's caution there and you already know the ends and you're going to take them the safest route. God already knows what the enemy's trying to throw at us, and he's already provided a way of escape for us if we allow him to be the, the biggest voice in our life and not allow the enemy's voice of fear to come in and overtake us. So the first thing I want to ask is what are you focusing on? Because what we focus on the most becomes the biggest thing in our life. I get to thinking about Matthew in the in chapter 14 verse 22. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And after sending them home, he went up the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was alone there. And meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and he said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he began walking on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. 
The first thing is his focus was on Jesus at first, right? His focus was there, and he knew, I'm going to get out of the boat, and I'm going to trust you. Even though everything around me looks scary, everything is going crazy in your life. Everything that you know that is causing fear, whatever that is that you wrote down, around you, it looks like there's no possible way that I can conquer this fear. And what happened? He got his eyes off of the Lord and he began to sink. If we get our eyes off what God is saying in his word and what he is speaking to us, it will slowly be an open door for the enemy to come in. And when I was beginning to study, uh, the Lord gave me a picture of a boomerang. I actually have it in my bag, but I was going to throw it, but I thought I better not embarrass myself because if it doesn't come back to me, I would be really embarrassed. And we're online now. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us today. But I got to thinking about a boomerang. I didn't really know anything about a boomerang. That's why I knew it was the Lord trying to tell me something. They used to have these wooden boomerangs, and they would use them to capture animals with, and they would send it out, and it would literally go around the animal and catch it and keep it captive until that boomerang would either ricochet back to them or they would have to go out there and get the animal. And I got to thinking about how the enemy, what he tries to do is send out these thoughts, send out these imaginations, send out... Maybe even people who speak things into our lives that might cause us to be captive into what he's wanting to do. And today, I thought, okay, so if he's like a boomerang that goes out and tries, how are we able to not be in that place to be held captive? And the Lord took me in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on the whole armor of God. And I began to think, okay, well putting on the whole armor of God. I'm going to read that for you in a minute. So I thought, okay, I began to think about David. You know, he put on physical armor, but he didn't really need it, right? But I began to think, okay, so if I have the armor of God and the devil's trying to come at me, what do I need to do? Do I need to read my Bible all the time? Do I need to go to church all the time? And I began to study that scripture and it said, stand, stand firm. I was like, what does that mean, Lord? He said, it means to trust me. It means to read what I have to say and begin to regurgitate it and re begin to believe it and to begin to stand so that when the fiery darts come, when the boomerang comes, the shield of faith is right here and all I have to do is lift it up and every thought, every imagination, anything that the devil is trying to get to come to me to bring me fear, I stand and he knows who's boss. And it will literally send those darts right back to the sender. Amen. To where it came from. It came from the pit of hell. It did not come from God. Those thoughts that you are starting to initiate fear that are coming in, that is not of God. God would not want you to take that thought captive and begin to allow fear to come in and make you think and then make you believe and then make you act on that. That is not the plan of God for your life. 
And so as I began to read about Peter, he went over to the side of the boat. He walked on the water towards Jesus. And Bill Johnson said, fear is a thief. It robbed Peter of a perfectly good walk on water and kept the other 11 in the boat. They didn't even get out on the water because they were looking at everything around them. So I would urge you that whatever it is that's trying to bring fear into your life, that you get your focus off of that thing and onto the author and the finisher of your faith. It says in Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 2, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Yeah, you can clap for that. That is a good thing. Amen. Yeah, let us fix our eyes on him. So how do we do that? We fix our eyes on what the word says. We spend quiet moments getting alone with the Lord and hearing what he's saying and begin to meditate, utter, mutter, and repeat all that he's saying so that when the enemy tries to bring that thought in, when the enemy tries to bring in a situation, a diagnosis that you know that you've heard and that you begin to think, oh man, this could really happen. This could really be a limitation for our family. What's going to happen? And all of a sudden you begin to spiral and your thoughts begin to get off of what God is saying and you automatically fall down that staircase down to the bottom again. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to limit you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you back to ground zero after you've walked with the Lord for so long. Your faith is up there. You've been seeing God move. And all of a sudden, the Lord, the enemy throws something at you. He wants to get you back down there. Powerless. He wants you down so that you can't do anything that God is asking you to do so that the testimony of God can't flow through you. Because what happens when God's on the move and we begin to testify, people start getting saved. People start releasing things more and, and actually activating what is there because their faith rises when someone else is sharing something about what God's doing in their life. So the enemy wants nothing more than to take you out. So we have to remember to keep our focus on what God is saying and not what the world is saying. Amen? Amen. Amen. I remember when we had Olivia and she came out breech and um, her legs were up by her head. I'm like, oh gosh, what happened to my child, you know? And all of a sudden, the doctors were like, well, she's going to have to live with leg braces. And these thoughts, everything, everybody kept saying all these things. And I began to be like, oh man, what's our life going to look like? And I began to start to believe those things. But then I remembered what the Lord said. He said, oh no, by your stripes, by my stripes, you are the healed of the Lord. I will believe the report of the Lord and not the report of what the enemy is trying to get me to believe, right? See how it could be a spiral effect into getting you to believe things that aren't even true before it even happens. I already was like, oh man, she's going to live with leg braces for the rest of her life. So I began to get the word of God on my lips. I declare of my child, Olivia Joy Harrell 
Harrelson, that she is healthy, that her legs are strong, that she will not need braces on her legs, that she is healthy and strong. And by your stripes, God, she is the healed of the Lord, walking in divine health all the days of her life. And I begin to say it, declare it, and believe it. And then when we went to the doctor a year later, he said, wow, look at her legs. They can just go down and back and down and back. She's like the most flexible girl I've ever seen. And we never had to have leg braces. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I'm so thankful. But if I would have sat there in that moment and got my focus off of what the Lord was saying and on what the accuser was saying, I would begin to believe the lie. And then it would probably have happened. Because what we say, remember our mouth is the pen of a ready writer. Our mouth is the udder of the ship. It will take us the direction that we go. So whatever you've been saying over that area that's causing you fear, you need to return it back to the sender and say, oh no devil, this is what my God says about this. This is what the word says. It is active and living and sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce between soul and spirit. I'm going to get the word of God on my lip and I'm going to say, you will not have a place in my life in the name of Jesus. You just got to get bold. You got to get courageous. You know, fear can come in and we can allow it in, right? We can allow it in. I'm going to be afraid, but I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to go bold at it. I'm going to tell it what I know God says about my fear. I will not live by a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I'm not going to let it dwell in my life, but I'm going to be bold and courageous to say what God is saying over my life. So you need to pray for God to fill you with boldness. Maybe you're timid. You've been taking it. The sickness. You've just been taking it like, I'm going to get better. Problem with your family. It's just going to get better. It's not going to get better unless we start believing and saying things over our life and filling our mouth with the confidence that God has already given us in his word. It says in Psalm 56, 3, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Whatever the giant is in your life that looks so big right now, so big. What is it? That thing that looks so big, he's saying, do not be afraid or terrified because of that thing. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes, though, it's a lonely place that fear comes in. Maybe you have a fear of being lonely even. I sense that in worship. Like you came in here. What an awesome moment we had with the Lord. He just showed right up. So when that fear comes in of being lonely, I thank you, Lord, that you never leave me. You never forsake me. I'm going to enter into your presence right now because you're with me and sit there in those moments. Like all of these fearful things that are attaching themselves to you, there is scripture. I guarantee you a hundred percent that will return back to the sender what God has already said about that fear. And if you don't know, please come see me. I'll help you find a scripture to combat that. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
We don't. We have the power over the enemy. We do. We have the power over him. It says, then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong. So he didn't just say it one time. He said it two times. Be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He said it again. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I have a fear of even getting up here and saying what God wants me to say. Oh, am I going to say the right thing? What are they going to think about me? Will I, um, you know, portray it in the right way? I'm not even that great of a speaker. Will it come out right? Will I fumble? Will I say something that shouldn't be said? See, all those things that the enemy's trying to get me to be fearful of because I know God's anointed me. I I know God's anointed me. Thank God he's anointed me that I don't have to do it for my own ability. He's anointed you to do what the enemy has told you you can't do. Probably it's the most thing you're called to, to be honest with you. It does not... It does not feel good. It does not like look like what you want to do and step into. But most of the time, God, what the enemy is attacking you in the area of fear is probably the thing that you need to be the most bold and courageous to do. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm combating my fear right now and just going for it because what do I really have to lose? You know, what do I have to lose when I have the word of God and I know what it says about it? What do you have to lose? Maybe some pride. Maybe some embarrassment. Maybe, like, seriously surrendering your whole being. Like, the act of surrender is what's really going to get you out of the fear of totally dying to yourself. Totally leaving that old life behind and saying, I need all of you, Lord. And when you do that, I promise you, that fear will go because the enemy will realize he can't do it anymore to you, that you are God's child and that he does not have access to what is in your heart. So what's stopping you? I was reading this book. It says, Do It Afraid by Joyce Meyer. And she was being really transparent in her book about how there's still something that she still is struggling with fear. And I thought, wow, Joyce Meyer of all people, she like has a hundred books. She's out there speaking all the time. And there's still something that's fearful, that she's fearful of. And we all have something. But she said, I'm going to look at fear in the face. I'm going to tell it to go. And I'm going to begin to walk in the boldness in what God has for me because I know that I'm not going to allow it to control me. So we have to be bold and courageous and confident to what God has said. And then we put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. It says, now, my beloved ones, I've saved these most important truths for last. Be superly, supernaturally infused with the strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stay 
stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead when we asked Jesus to come in, the same power lives in us. And that power is actually what he says, so stand in that power. And then he goes on to say, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. You know, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God's provided so you're protected as you confront the slandered. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Say, I will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert that you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace in every battle. And take faith as your wrap-around shield for it's able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. And embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Now I read this. I thought this was so interesting. The Roman soldiers, they carried shields and they were covered with heavy animal hide. And before a battle, they would dip their shields into the water so that when fiery darts hit them, the wet hide would extinguish the darts. In a similar way, we as Christians have the shield of faith. It needs to regularly, daily be dipped into the water of the word. We, if we are not leaning in to reading what God is saying about us, our identity when it comes to all the fear that's attacking us, our identity might look like this and not like this. But when I get the word in me, I begin to say, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I, have, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I will walk and not run. I will, I will walk and run and not grow weary. I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that ever asked, think, or imagine because of you, God, that live on the inside of me. Do you see how your stance goes from whimpering? <laughs> Because that's what the enemy wants you to do, right? He wants you to be powerless to when I began to speak the word of God over my life. I even, my confidence even rose. I'm like, wow, that's what the word says about me? That's who I am? That's really amazing. When we have words of affirmations to our kids, wow, you're doing a really good job. I I love the way you pat me on my shoulder because it shows me how much you really care about me. Do you see like their whole body like begins to like unwind like, wow, somebody believes in me. When God, when we speak the word of God over our life, it's like, yes, I believe it. I can have it. Wow, it's amazing. And we might just need to get revelation of what God is saying about your situation. The fear that's caused to attack you, what God is saying, you're like, oh wow, I didn't even know that scripture existed. Oh wow, when I say it, I'm actually believing it now. So when you say it, you might just need to say it every day. 
What is it that you can use to throw at the, back at the enemy and return it back to the sender? What is something that the word says about your situation where you can say it over and over and over and over again? It might take you 40 days for a habit to say it over and over again until you get it on the inside of you. I encourage you to do it. It might look silly. You might be driving in the car. You might be blow drying your hair. You might be on a job site and you'd be saying it over and over and over again. You might need to tell somebody, hey, will you say this with me so I can get it in my heart and begin to believe it? If you got a good friend, I would encourage you to do that. Can you check on me in two weeks, August 12th, and see how I'm doing with that? I had somebody reach out to me this week and say, I set some new goals for my life. I want to become more intimate with the Lord. Will you call me August 1st? I said, yes. I automatically put it into my phone. I'm going to call her because I thought that was so brave of her. So courageous of her to reach out to somebody and say, I need you. Praise God. I want to be like that. I need you. You know, we need each other. We need help being bold and courageous. So if you need help in that area, I just say, find somebody. It says in Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And the last thing I encourage you to do is move forward in the presence of fear. You know, when I got that little saying, return to sender, I got to thinking, I've moved probably 25 times in my life, and no one could ever keep up. I was the joke of the family. Well, we're going to get a new uh, a return back to sender mail from Faith, because we never know where she's living. And I would always get those return back to sender when I would send it to my cousin who was traveling. And sometimes they even repackaged it and sent it back into another envelope return to sender. And what I think we need to do is repackage what the enemy is trying to send and deliver to us and say, undeliverable, return back to sender. You are wanted. You don't have a say. Go back where you came from. Those thoughts, I say no. I cast down those thoughts and I return it back to the devil. He has no place in my life. I am returning it back to to the sender. So you need to repackage that. That thing that you wrote down. I keep going back to that thing because we have got to start putting action to what God's word is saying. We've got to get it on our lips and into our lives. It says in Psalm 23, 4 through 6, it says, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkest, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. I'm so thankful for the dark moments in my life that I've had. I'm so thankful for trials. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have trusted the Lord. And I'm not saying that God brings the bad things and the trials, but I'm saying in the moments that fear comes, in the hard times, in the tribulations, in the things that are, are so overwhelming, it's time to face that and grow in trusting the Lord and leaning on his understanding and not our own understanding and all our ways acknowledging him and he will direct our path he says you remain close to me 
and led me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all that I can drink until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Why would I fear the future? For your goodness and your love pursue me all the days of my life. And then after, afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. I remember when I was young... The same thing kept happened three times in my life. My parents always took me to camp, and we had a Volvo, and it was a great, strong car, you know, a station wagon. <coughs> and there was this four-way light stop, and we got into a car accident. We all had to go to the hospital. It was very traumatic for us as kids. The next year, same thing happened, different car, but it was the same car because my parents... They said the car saved us. We had the same accident happen, no joke. The next year and the next year with the same vehicle was totaled every time. Then a couple of years ago, seven years ago, I had a whole bunch of children in my car that were not my own children. And I was at a, um, going through a four-way stop and somebody just went right into my door. And uh, I, I literally, my arm was like this. And uh, my kids were in the back and there was ongoing traffic coming. And it was probably one of the most scariest times I've ever had in my life just because I was responsible for somebody else's child. All these children were in my car. And now when I go through a four-way stop, do you know what I have to do? I have to talk to myself and say, I will fear no evil. I am not afraid. God, you are my protector. Angels, I send you before me. They are around this car. There is no evil that shall befall me. I am, I am under the shelter of the most high God. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of the terror, nor night, nor, terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. I'm telling you, you've got to get it on you. And you know, when I go through a four-way stop, I'm not afraid anymore. But it took a while. It took me a while saying those things over my life because of past traumatic experience. The devil, of course, he wants me to not be able to drive, to not be able to get to my destination, to not be able to move forward in life. He doesn't want you to move forward, people. He doesn't. But you have got to say what God is saying over your life to push forward and to face the fear, to face the giant and say, oh, no. I've won the battle already. I have the armor of God. I'm standing. I know what God says about me. Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I lived in New York for six years. And this is another scary moment for me. I'm just showing you a little bit of how I operated in fear and how I, I didn't allow fear to come and take me out. 
like the boomerang. I didn't get captive of the fear, but it was very easy. I was, um, I had to take a subway to my job every day, and then I had to walk a half mile home. I lived in Washington Heights in New York City, where it used to be really uh, a bad neighborhood. There used to be gunshots every night when I lived there. But, you know, I was young. I didn't know. I'm like, I'm living in New York. It's $300 a month. This is great. And I remember walking home one night, and there was an alley, and I just thought, I'll just take that. It's a shorter route. And four guys came around the corner. (coughs) Excuse me. And I began, my body began to shake. I thought, oh, no. What am I going to do, Lord? And all of a sudden, the Lord said, you know what to do. I've empowered you. And I began to just speak in tongues really loud. I thought, you know what? The power of God, it's all I've got. I'm just going to begin to prophesy and declare over my life in an unknown tongue. You know, it says in the Bible that we pray in an unknown tongue. We pray out mysteries. When we don't know how to pray, we can pray in an unknown tongue. And that is the prayer language God has given us to empower us. And I began to scream at the top of my lungs. And I tell you what, they looked at me and they turned around and went the other way. They did. But in that moment, I could have been like, okay, just just whatever you need to do to me, you know, devil, whatever you want to do to me, just take me out because it's too hard to fight. It's too hard to fight. How am I going to fight? I don't have anything to fight with. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Say, I have stuff to fight with. I have the armor of God. I have the word of God. I have the power of God. No devil is going to take me out. They are not. He is not. He is not. He really is powerless. And so today I urge you, I urge you, urge you, urge you, do not let fear come and have its place in your life. Return it back to the sender. Repackage it, whatever you got to do. Undeliverable. Tell the devil, speak to him. I remember when I was so afraid of the dark when I was little, my mom said, all you got to do is say the name of Jesus and he'll flee. The name of Jesus, the name above every name. You have authority, the blood of Jesus. She used to say, just say, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he'll begin to flee. I was five. And I remember that. You know what I'm teaching my kids? Bleed the blood of Jesus. What does that look like? Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is my Savior. Thank you that Jesus is watching over me. Thank you that your angels are on guard, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Whatever you got to do, get it on your lips and begin to speak it forth. So focus on the author and the finisher of your face. Focus on him. Don't focus on what's going on around you. Pray that God would fill you with boldness and courage and confidence. Remember to stand and to put on the full armor of God. And last of all, 
Move forward in the presence of fear. Move forward. And if you keep sending it back, he will realize that he's lost the battle. He's lost the battle right now. I want you to close your eyes. Stand up with me for a second. If the worship team could come forward, our prayer team could come forward. Right now, that thing that you wrote down, I want you to think about it for a second. We're not going to meditate on it because it's not going to stay here anymore with you. I want you to think about that thing. Keep your eyes closed for a second. I want you to think about if there's a pattern maybe and it keeps coming back to you. I want you to think about the areas that you've shrunken in your life because of this thing that's caused you to have fear in your life. I want you to think about maybe there's some people that are causing the fear in your life that you might need to put up some boundaries with in your life. I want you to think about that diagnosis that the doctor gave you that you don't need to accept that's caused fear to come in. I want you to think about not the fear of not having enough. I sense that so much in my spirit. I'll never have enough. I'll never be good enough. All those fears. And now I want you to think about what God has said to you. What's he saying? Let's just listen for a minute. What's he telling you? Refocus. Realign. Realign with my word. Refocus. Refocus. You know what I've said about you, but you've chosen to believe all the lies. Refocus. You've been sick in your body, sick in your spirit. Refocus. You've had lack, trying to pay the bills. Refocus. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My kids aren't serving the Lord. Refocus. My children will serve the Lord all the days of their life. I haven't had a good report from the doctor. Refocus with long life. You will show me your salvation. I will satisfy you and show you salvation. my salvation, saith the Lord. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough courage. Be strong in the Lord. Refocus and in the power of his might. I take up my shield of faith and I say no longer will I allow the enemy to have full access and reign over my heart. And I want you to grab a hold of that thing right here and we're going to release it and we're going to let go of it today. So hold up your fear, whatever it is. All over the room, we all have something. And I want you to say, God, I release this fear and I command it to leave my life. I return it back to the sender, to the devil, and I focus on what you've said. And I begin to believe it in Jesus' name. 
And if you walked into this place today and you're really lonely and you need people to surround you, I keep getting this in my spirit. You're lonely. It's been a lonely journey for you, a lonely place for you. We have a group of people down here at the altar. They're our prayer team. And they know, they are very familiar what the word says. And if you just need somebody to grab a hold of what God is saying and need some encouragement this morning, they are down here at the front. You can come down for prayer. If you need healing in your body, and maybe this fear has been a pattern in your life, and you just want somebody to stand with you and get and have faith to arise, sometimes, you know, you need people that are going to build faith up in your life, that are going to help encourage you. If you need that today, they're down here at the altar, and they're happy to pray with you. Can I just pray over you this morning? Lord, I just thank you for every person that has walked into this room. I thank you, Lord, that your word is so powerful that it brings life to our bodies, God, to our physical body, to our spiritual being, to our soul. God, I thank you that it comes in and it builds up and edifies and strengthens us to go out and to do all the work that you've called us to do. So, Lord, help us in our jobs this week. Help us with our family. Help us, God, in our bodies to be strengthened, God. Whatever it is that fear has caused to come in, the enemy has caused, we say, go in Jesus' name. And I say, let faith arise and let every enemy of the devil be scattered in Jesus' name and to die. And I thank you, Lord, for each person, Lord, that you'll watch over them and protect them and keep them safe and just encourage them, God, in this week, just be strengthened with the power of the Lord on the inside of them today, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that they're healthy, strong, and whole, and ready to do all that you've called them to do this week in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you guys so much for joining with us this morning. And if you do need prayer, our altar is open.